This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, my name is Steve. You're listening to Bible Toolbox on uh, Cape Pulpit. We're still continuing with the series on what do you know what God has promised you? Do you know God's promises to you as a Christian? And you know the promises that can fill your heart and your life to keep you steady and straight and stable and strong? Well, let's look at let's let's look just at a few more, okay? Uh, in Romans chapter five and verse eight, Paul is writing to the church or the churches in Rome. Okay, this letter he's never been there. He has he he knows some people there, but he's never visited that church. He has not yet been put in prison. So he's writing to these people. Okay, and he's trying to he's trying to show them the way of what God has done for them. <clears throat> and in Romans chapter five and verse eight, he says, "God demonstrates His own love for us in this: while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God made His promise of love to us. How do we know? Is is this love some kind of vague feeling? You know, uh, one of the problems in English is the fact that the word love can mean so many different things, okay? I can say, um, I love pizza. I love John Wayne movies. I love my wife. I love my kids. You know, I love my church. I love God. Do they all mean the same thing? Are they all on equal status? No. The love that God is talking about is a practical love, something that works something that is active, something that is positive, something that is practical. Sometimes when we talk about the love of God, we're talking about something that's over there, okay? It's like a vague thing. Yes, God loves me. Yes, I sort of understand this concept that God sent his son for me, but that's sort of like over there, right? How does that, how does that affect my life? Well, if you have no chance of forgiveness for the sins that you've done, no chance at all for forgiveness. You and I would not have the love of God in our hearts. We would not feel the love of God. You have to understand the reason God sent his son is because he loved us first. Not because we love him now, but first he saw us, he saw our situation, he saw where we were, and he said, I will find a way to bring you back to me. You are my creation. You're the one that I've started this for. So now I want you to come back to me. And the way to back to come back to me is through my son, Jesus. That's what that's what I that's why I sent him. Okay? The proof of that is that while we were yet sinners and did not care about Christ at all, he sent his son anyway. He sent his son anyway. You know, when I first met uh, the woman who's now my wife. You know, you know, ladies, if you're listening, um, you know, I'm going to tell you a secret. Guys, close your ears because, you know, you, you don't want me to reveal the secret to your ladies. Okay. When I first met this woman that I eventually asked to marry me and be my wife and everything like that, you got to understand that I was very reluctant to use those fatal three words. Okay. Once you tell a woman, I love you, you can't take it back. Right, ladies? That's right. You can't take it back. You can't say, uh, I love you, but da 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 da. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. 
You put your foot in it. You said it. Now, how do we know when you say you love me? How do we know that? How do we know that? If you're a young lady and you're not married and you have several guys interested in you, how do you know that they're telling the truth? How do you know that? Maybe they're just trying to get something from you. They're trying to manipulate for something. How do you know? What's the, what's, what's the proof of love? What's the proof of love? Well, eventually it did come to the time where I sat this lady down. Her name is Sana. I sat Sana down and I said to her, um, I love you. Now, you got to understand, from me, from my perspective, what did I expect from her? Come on, guys. When you say you love a woman, right? When you say those words, what do you expect back? I love you too, right? Okay? Because that makes it all worthwhile. That makes us even. If I say, if you say, I love you, but she doesn't say that back, you're like, "Uh uh-oh. There's something going on here. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. It puts me in a disadvantage. So I told her, I love you. You know what she said back to me? Looked me right in the face. She looked me right in the face because I wanted the words back. I love you too. You know, the I love you too is the Hollywood ending. You know, the sun is setting, uh, the music swells, um, all, all the... All the, um, the the director, the actors, and everything, everything just rolls by and everything like that. And there's a happy ending with a kiss in the sunset, right? That's what I wanted. But she didn't do that. She looked me right in the eyes. And she said, why? Huh? Why? I just said, I love you. She wanted to know, why? Why do you love me? You know, I like to talk. You can probably tell from the radio broadcast I do. I like to talk. But that's one time in my life I didn't know what to say. Why? Young ladies, if a man tells you, I love you, first question you ask him is why? Because his answer will tell you what his intentions are. Sana said to me, why? And I looked puzzled, and she smiled, and she said, I don't want you to love me because I'm a good cook. I don't want you to love me because I look good. I don't want you to love me because I can clean house. I want you to love me for nothing. Just because I am. And her words make sense, don't they? Right? If your young man says to you, I love you, and ask why, and he says to you, oh, because you great cook, you know, great cook. And I like the way you dress, and I like the way you look, and everything, the hair, and everything like that. You know all those things are temporary. You want a man to love you for who you are. He want to, you want him to love you for nothing, just because of you. Just because of you. So I had to learn a lesson about love that way, okay? My wife is wonderful. Make no, make no error. I'm in her debt. She taught me about love. That's why when Paul wrote... To the Roman, the Roman Christians, he said, God demonstrated his own love for us by this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. That is true love. It's practical, it's positive, and it's meaningful. It lifts us up. So what else did God promise us? He promised us his love. Yes, he promised us his love. Is this just sort of like a, a stagnant thing? 
you know, uh, yes, I love you. It's like, okay, you've established the status quo now. Everybody's got their boundaries, okay? Well, he promises something additional to that, okay? John chapter 15 and verse 11, Jesus is speaking. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You know, I think one of the saddest thing about being a Christian is I have not heard this word joy very often. We talk about the love of God. We talk about faith. We talk about compassion. Um, you know, we talk about all those things that are, are, are good for us to know about. But can we also express joy? Joy? Joy because we are God's children? Joy because you were God's child? That we're on a journey together? We're walking together? His joy? The joy that we're going to have when Christ does return one day to collect us into his own, that kind of joy. The joy when we gather together to sing praises to God, to pray together, to partake of the Lord's table. Isn't that a joy for us? Or has it just become a routine? It's a ritual. It's sort of like, okay, I'm going on Sunday morning, I'll pitch up and I'll sit there and I'll sing the songs and I'll listen to the guy and shake a few hands and then I can go home and watch rugby or whatever we do. Is that all it is? We don't need anything else? Where's the joy? Where's the joy? You know, when you first get married, there's so many things to anticipate, right? Everything is new. Everything is fresh. You're living together. Wonderful. After a couple of years, you know, the joy that you had in that beginning is like, uh well, I thought it was going to be so much better. I thought it was going to be always be exciting. I thought it was always going to have this meaningful boost and everything. You know, I'm sure there is, but it's hard work. It's hard work. Marriage is not easy. Marriage is not easy, okay? It's the hardest job in the world. But at the end, there's joy. You're sharing with somebody. They're sharing with you. You're walking together. Today, if you're married, I want you to go to your husband and I'll go to your wife, and I'm going to say, and tell her, tell him, you give me joy in my life. Let's walk together in that joy. And I hope that you do that today, so you can share this little bit of joy that Paul was talking, or Jesus was talking about. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete, mature, mature, mature joy in your marriage, and in your life. That's another promise God made to you and me. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.